career-driven individuals. Ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info slash SPS. Your journey begins here. Mike, as a, as I just said, longtime NFL veteran quarterback, you've been in a lot of meeting rooms with a lot of top draft picks and 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 a lot of uh, quarterbacks that that had their share of struggles early on. When when Bryce Young is struggling the way he is, and I know this doesn't matter, but it kind of does. C.J. Stroud making his highlights, Anthony Richardson making his highlights, and Bryce Young not really keeping up. Uh, how do you keep? What's what's the the mental outlook or what's the the challenges that that he's facing as the the top overall pick who's not really gotten it going in the first four weeks? Yeah, I mean, I was actually with Josh McCown uh, my second year in the league, and we got off to a slow start and ended up getting the first pick of the draft next year and drafted Jameis. So. Uh, very familiar with having a, a struggling year with Josh McCown. And, um, <laughs> I think it's it's classic coach cliche talk, but it's like it truly is control what you control and kind of put the blinders on because otherwise, you know, right now they're going to be comparing him to C.J. Stroud, to Anthony Richardson, and really every situation is unique. Um, you can't – it's hard to compare – yourself to those other quarterbacks. And and I think the biggest thing you take away is how hard it is in the NFL. I mean, it you think it's tough in the SEC, and obviously he came from a good Bama team, but it is so hard. And I think as much as it is to kind of put those blinders on about the one side of success, it's also you may look around and see what Aiden O'Connell and, and Dorian Thompson uh, DTR went through this week. You know, it's hard in this league to have success and this is Bryce. You're going to be the quarterback here for a long time. Let's focus on this week. Don't worry about the outside noise. We got to just get better every single week, and we'll look back in two years from now, and, and this won't be a big deal at all. I saw, uh, and and it's funny the way it was framed. Right, he he walked off the field after a drive, and he like slammed his hand on the bench, and and whatever reporter saw it was like this is the equivalent of of Bryce Young like throwing an absolute tantrum cuz he's so so level headed. And th- and then you see um I don't know if you saw it he he gathered the whole offense and gave him like the the pep speech on on the sideline is I don't, as a, as a guy who's been in the league for four games and he's played in three missed one with an injury is it the right move to grab that much of a leadership when when things are getting frustrating, you know, with guys that are 30 years old and have kids in a mortgage, you know, and meanwhile, he's brand new to the league. Yes, definitely. And that, that's what the Panthers, part of the reason I'm sure they drafted him at one is because he has those qualities. I think that's what was talked about so highly of him the entire pre-draft process is how much of a leader he is, how he's got this great mindset, how his dad is a psychologist, I, bring, <laughs> I believe, and how he kind of raised him and trained him to have this even-keeled mindset. Um so it's okay to show a little frustration. And I think it's great of him to show the leadership because in times like that, sometimes it's hard to come up with things to say because it's just like everything <laughs> is going wrong. I mean, you know, it, it's way easier to lead when things are going good. I mean, obviously Tom Brady's one of the, or the best quarterback of all time. And 
I talked to guys in Tampa when he got there and it was like instantly our, our, um, you know, our standard was risen. And it's like, it's gotta be pretty easy to be a leader when you're Tom Brady, cause you're playing so well. <laughs> I mean, everyone, of course, everyone's going to look up to you and what you have to say is when times are going bad and Bryce hasn't quite proven himself on the field, but I'm sure they're looking for something, you know, we need someone to lean on during this time. And, uh, he's the number one pick of the draft and we're going to follow you and, and you're the quarterback. So I think that was great of him to kind of take that ownership and, and be the leader that they clearly need right now. Mike Glennon joining us on the Heaster automotive group hotline here on the drive on 99, nine, the fan uh, last question about, about Bryce. And it's kind of about the Panthers in general, uh, Jordan Schultz, NFL insider used the term all in on uh, the Panthers out there in the trade market, looking to acquire a wide receiver. Now I'm not going to ask you as simple of a question of, would it benefit the quarterback to get a number one wide receiver? Because yes, but uh, you're 0-4, it's a struggle season. When you're looking at the development of a quarterback, is it that vital to give up resources and probably picks and or players to get a number one wide receiver in there now rather than the offseason when there may be a few more available or you could even you know go free agency or whatever else, uh, draft or whatever else might be available? I, I feel like there's a fine line between doing what's right now and doing what's right for the future and sacrificing, you know, the, the sacrifice of wins and losses in this season, sacrificing Bryce Young's development. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. And to your point, the 0-4, I mean, Super Bowl, I don't, I don't think that's a realistic expectation from this team. So you have to do what's best for – for Bryce Young in this future. I've heard you talk about it before that this season is about Bryce Young and they need to build pieces around him. But I don't think at the same time you sacrifice your future for that because, you know, if it, if it makes things bad next year or the year after, then that's not worth his confidence, I guess is, you know, what you're kind of getting at. You don't want his confidence to be shaken. You shouldn't take a quarterback at one overall if you don't think he can, get through some tough times. So I don't think they need to be mortgaging their future for this because we already saw what happened of, of trading DJ Moore, you know, to move up. What, what that him. trade might, might turn into. Is, what that is, trade might turn scary. into yeah. in, in the future of, you know, a very high draft pick. Um, so you got to, you got to think about the future. Um, you do want to get pieces around him. But if, if you're worried about his confidence being shaken, then you shouldn't have taken him out one overall. Mike Glennon, Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, connecting with us here on The Drive. Uh, let's go to your, your alma mater, NC State, for a second here. Which, by the way, if you want super in-depth thoughts from, from Mike and, and you want to uh, hear more from Mike about NC State football, check out the Pack Therapy podcast. We co-host the pod. It's available everywhere podcasts can be found. Subscribe, like, comment, all those sorts of things. And uh, be sure to tell your friends about it. Uh, Dylan McMahon, one of the the offensive linemen for NC State, joins us this week, and that'll be out in the next uh, day or two. Um, Mike, when you look at NC State, they're making a quarterback change. Uh, MJ Moore has taken over for for Brendan Armstrong. How different will it look this week offensively? Uh, I mean, obviously, you hope it's you know twenty one more points or whatever. But uh, like schematically, what 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 does MJ Morris bring different to the table that, uh, from Brendan Armstrong? Yeah, I expect to see MJ getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, we saw kind of the the circumstances Brennan was dealing with with a lot of guys in his face. Whether part of it that's on the offensive line, part of that's on Brennan having to get the ball out 
So I'm sure that's kind of been hammered in, in MJ's mind, whether it's from the coaches or from observation, is I got to get the ball out of my hands quick. And that's what he does well. For being a true freshman last year, I was very impressed with how quick he got the ball out, how he went to the right place um, with the right timing, going through his reads. So I, I think we're going to see a more um, an offense that looks a little bit crisper. It's going to look efficient and um, – but we'll see from the play play calling standpoint is are they running new concepts? Are they running concepts that MJ likes or is the offense the offense? And this is what Robert and I does. And, and it's just going to be a new new face behind center. So I, I think it's kind of the questions that we had week one is what does Robert and I's offense look like? I think we kind of have those questions again is what does the Robert and I offense look like with MJ Morris behind center? It wasn't that long ago, the, the VMI game, where we were discussing, do you put MJ Morris in if there's mop-up duty? And the answer from, from both of us was, no, save his red shirt. Well, that obviously not a priority anymore. Are you surprised how quickly we went from, or they went from, uh, don't burn his red shirt to your, here's the keys to the car, it's, it's your squad now? I was not expecting us to see MJ Morris this year. I also wasn't expecting to see this offense look as poor as I had. So after the last couple of weeks, I started thinking about it. I mean, there's not, I would be lying if I wasn't like, I wonder if they'll they'll move to MJ at the same time, that red shirt year. There's just so many things now with transfer portal, NIL, um, everything is, this red shirt year did really kind of put a wrench in all of this, but Dave did what he felt was right. Um, and I do think it's going to provide a spark to this team. Yeah, and Mike Lennon, while we have you here, uh, you know, I always, I like to quarterback nerd out a little bit. It, it's, it's uh, coming off a of bye, Drake may North Carolina. We had, I don't think we've even talked to you about this yet. We had Tim Hasselbeck on the show recently and, and he called Drake may the best prospect he's seen in 15 years. And then name dropped Matt Stafford, Andrew Luck, some of the the bigger and better prospects we've seen over the last 15 years, almost just to emphasize to us that, like, yeah, I know how long 15 years ago is, and I know what players have come, and I think Drake May is the best. Um, with with North Carolina coming off a bye and the ACC wide open, could could Drake May grab that North Carolina team and kind of ride them to the finish line? I don't see why not. Right now, to me, it's Florida State, and there's a group of teams behind them, and that's where Carolina kind of plays into that. You know, they're in that next tier, and Drake May, to me, is second-best quarterback in the country behind Caleb Williams, and I, if he plays the way he's capable of playing and can kind of put the team on his back without the help at receiver that he had kind of last year, I definitely think uh, when they – go down to Clemson on that second week of the season, that could possibly decide uh, uh, who gets in to the ACC championship. Mike, we appreciate you for for not only jumping on this show, but jumping on Pack Therapy every week. Check it out everywhere podcasts can be found. And uh, and we'll do it again, at least on Pack Therapy next week. Thanks, Tim. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial Advisory Group.
Once again, Mike Glennon, former NC State quarterback, longtime NFL quarterback as well, joining us uh, with some uh, some insight into Bryce Young and, of course, his alma mater. Uh, let's look towards his alma mater a little bit here. The NC State Wolfpack. Allow MJ Morris to reintroduce himself. His name is MJ. Uh, Guess who's back? Back oh. again. It, I mean, it is an unusual situation, right? MJ Morris seems to have all of the the hype, all of the buzz. Everybody is very optimistic, and and that translates, right? Um, what I mean by that translates is one of it's it's one of the few moves a coach has to completely jumpstart a team. It's why so often you see, uh, you know, it, you very rarely hear, hear like, hey, you know, this has been a really tough season. It's not all his fault, but uh, we need a spark, so we're going we're gonna to replace our left guard. Like, you, you, you don't hear that, right? Because the shuffling at most positions happens all the time, but when you make a quarterback change, it, it, it feels like a different team. Right, practice is different. Uh, warm-ups are different. Running through the tunnel is different. Here's Dave Dorn on the offensive spark he's seen during practice this week. Actually, we're going to hear from Dave Dorn on the offensive spark during practice this week in a second. Uh, but going back to what I what I was saying is, uh, there's you know outside of like a coaching change and a quarterback change, and trust me, coaches will never cho- choose the coaching change. Uh, for obvious reasons, um, and a quarterback change, there's not really anything you can do to completely get a different feel for the season. Now we have the Dave, Clor- Dave Dorn clip lined up. Here he is talking about the spark. I think MJ did a great job coming in and, and uh, understanding what we need. You know, we needed to galvanize the guys. Each group has their piece in this thing. Offensively, each position group has been challenged to do their job and help the quarterback and, and play what we call 11-man football. Just each guy you know, in harmony playing together and the synchronicity of the sport when it flows the right way. You saw it on defense a week ago. It's just guys working together and making it look really good, you know, and you can have the same thing on offense and we've seen spurts of it, but that's where we want to be. You know, we want to be a four phase team, offense, defense, special teams, and then our sideline energy. And so that, that piece that we're missing, it was definitely prevalent in practice this week and how they went out there and went about their work. First of all, I want to give credit, and I and I think I've said this before, but I, I love it. Four phases? Every coach I've ever played for, every coach I've ever talked to, every coach I've ever covered wants to be a three-phase team. Offense, defense, special teams. He added the fourth phase, sideline energy. The juice squad. The juice squad. The rally towel guys. I actually had someone at the game uh, at the game on what the Louisville game. It was Friday. Um, ask me. Now, on third down, this group all starts dancing. Why did they do that? I was like, they're bringing the juice. What do you mean? So it's redshirt guys it's, trying to prove themselves. Need, need, need to do something if you know you're not going in the game. Get together on third downs and jump up and down. Uh, but that kind of plays into what I'm saying here. Uh, the juice now has to be earned for MJ Morris. There is an immense, an unbelievable amount of pressure on MJ Morris. The most popular person on the team is the backup quarterback. It's been that way for a billion trillion years. The most popular person in the entire city sometimes is the backup quarterback, right? Because everybody loves hating on the starting quarterback and and the backup that hasn't had a chance to make any mistakes, right? They're perfect. They're undefeated. 
The most popular person on the team is always the backup quarterback, which means MJ Morris just vacated the title of the most popular person on the team. His promotion took that away. Now the popularity has to be earned. Now the popularity goes as far as you are playing well. And oh, by the way, you're expected to completely and totally change up the entire season. Even like, because let's be real, uh, right? And, and North Carolina State won three games. At one point, they were three and one, and their only loss was to a top 10 team in the country, Notre Dame at the time. But it still felt like something needed to be shifted. Yeah. Right. I, I was, we do, every Monday, we do the podium here on the drive where uh, I rank that weekend's performance on a podium style gold, silver, bronze off the podium of the four ACC teams in North Carolina uh, Wake, NC State, Duke, North Carolina. Right. We put them all on a podium every single week. When NC State was three and one and their only loss was to, to Notre Dame, they still had not climbed higher than bronze on the podium. Right? There was something that needed to change. So they lose the game against Louisville. It's a backbreaker. The offense can't move the ball. They're putting in MJ Morris, and he has to – it's not just like, oh, you have to fix what we did against Louisville. It's you have to give us the spark that we've been lacking the entire season. And guess what? Just doing your job is wildly difficult. Just being a starting quarterback in a Power 5 conference and just being a good quarterback – unbelievably difficult thing to do i laugh when people are like the most difficult thing in sports is is to hit a baseball i'm going no the most difficult thing in sports is to play quarterback and that's not coming biased because i played it because trust me i didn't make it look easy i'm saying it's the most difficult thing because uh there's not 11 guys out there trying to stop you from hitting the baseball there's one (laughs) right there's not it's 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 the complete and in totality of, of playing quarterback is unbelievably difficult. So you take MJ Morris and say you have to do that, but you also have to help your, your wide receivers be more explosive, but you also have to get rid of the ball quicker to help your offensive line, but you also have to get Robert and I in a, in a rhythm as a play caller because he never really got into a rhythm as a play caller with Brennan Armstrong, but you also need to make sure you're protecting the football because your defense is good enough to win you games as long as you don't turn it over, but like there's so much more tossed on top of him, and we don't know what amount of help he's going to get. We don't know uh, if the offense is going to fundamentally change from a scheme or play calling standpoint. But we know that MJ Morris is coming into the offense and their season hinges on him being able to up the level of production. And guess what receivers are going to be running routes for him? The same ones that were running routes for Brendan Armstrong. Guess who's going to be blocking for him? I know Dylan McMahon's coming back from injury, but for the most part, the same offensive line that was blocking for Brendan Armstrong. And, and you can lie to yourself and say all of the struggles that the offense was facing were all 100% because of Brennan. That's not the case. It's not. My first reaction was Brennan Armstrong was not playing exceptionally well. I think that's a fair statement. I don't think I'm, I'm breaking any news. But also, he wasn't put in the best situation to have success. Right, it, it it feels much more like like in the NFL we talk context around quarterbacks, right? 
We we acknowledge Bryce Young isn't playing well, but we also say, but his wide receivers aren't as good as other quarterbacks have in his offensive line. When we get to college, it's like the, the quarterback isn't playing well, switch to the backup. That'll fix everything. It's like, well, how about we look at the, the context here? How about we look at everything on the, around it and ask yourself if changing quarterback, if the new quarterback will be so good that he can overcome the things that the, the previous quarterback couldn't. I'm not saying MJ Morris isn't, but I'm saying if he doesn't overcome everything that this offense has working against it, the season is going to drag. No pressure. Right? And and that's the that you know what Robert and I and Dave Doran's challenges this week is to genuinely make MJ Morris think he has no pressure. Genuinely. Right, I, I've, 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 I've made this point before in other contexts, but I'll, I'll make it this way. As a coach, right, you have to almost lie to your quarterback. Like if you're, if, if you were playing Brennan Armstrong, and you knew if he had a bad game against Louisville, you were going to make the switch. Pre-game, you had to look him in the eye and say, "Hey, man, play, go out there, play loose," right? Just football. Let's go out and win. You couldn't look at him and say, hey, if you don't play well, you're done so. If you don't play well, you might want to start blocking because we might be able to use you on special teams. You don't play well, uh, we're, we're going to MJ. Because what does that do? Then when every time Brendan Armstrong goes back to throw, he's going to be going, uh, this is an interception. Ah, never mind, I won't throw. Ah, 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 and hesitations get you killed as a quarterback. So if you're MJ Morris and you're out there and you're thinking, if I don't play well, our season is a wash, right? There's no other break glass in case of emergency option. They just use that. That's the quarterback change, right? There's no, nothing else they can do to really change up the whole the whole deal here, right? I was the last resort and now I'm out here. If I don't play well, this whole thing goes down the tube. That's a problem. He can't be thinking that. He has to think, just do my job. Right, the the Patriots thing. Do your job. You have to be thinking that. That's the challenge of the coaches. And that's not an easy thing to do. Cause, you know, players are human. They're perceptive. They can get vibes. Right? I, I know what it feels like. Again, I, I played in college. I know what it feels like to have the offensive coordinator walk by and be tense before a game. And I know what it feels like to have the quarterback or the, the offensive coordinator walk by and and feel confident before a game. I'll tell you, I played better when the games with they were confident, as does everybody. You have to project that confidence regardless to make MJ Morris think all he has to do is go out there and make decisions. You go back and watch his film last last year, the the best thing he did, just make decisions. Right, the best thing he did was just quickly get the ball out of his hands. Tell him that's all you got to do. That's it. Don't make him think he's got to make up for an offensive line that's not getting it done, a running game that's not getting done, wide receivers that aren't making dynamic plays. Don't make him think he has to make up for all that. He just got to get the ball out of his hands to the right read in a timely fashion. Just do what you do. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Go! 
you can score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.